Welcome to another episode of the Blue Rush Preview. And this week's episode is all about the 2-0 G-Men. You heard it, 2-0 G-Men looking to get their third win in the season against a familiar enemy, the Dallas Cowboys. Today, we're going to be talking with RJ Ochoa, the editor-in-chief of Blogging the Boys. Paul and Lawrence are going to give their predictions on how they think the game is going to go. And speaking of Paul and Lawrence, joining me now is New York Post Giants beat writer Paul Schwartz and two-time Super Bowl champ Lawrence Times. You see the Super Bowls in the background. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Lawrence was the only one to get the whiteout memo. Uh, Paul, you're wearing red. I'm wearing Giants blue. So, uh, you know... You guys, you guys can't be, I'm, you guys can't, I have to be, you guys have to be impartial. I am, I'm still able to kind of, you know, pull for the Giants. Lawrence, that is a very nice, crisp white shirt. Boy, that's. uh, Thank you. You know, it it is. And the collars are starting to, you know, they're starting to fall over. I don't have my little things in there. So uh, yeah, I'm ready for the game Monday night, even though I won't be there. Well, Paul and me are going to be there and let's jump straight into this man, because obviously Everyone's talking about the Giants passing game, Kenny Galladay. Where do you guys want to start with this? Who, who wants to kick this thing off? I'll let go Paul ahead, go. Lawrence. He, he oh, was well, Paul, you were in that locker room yesterday. Yeah. I, I want to. I was. Yeah. I was all set to do a, 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 a nice Andrew Thomas is the best left tackle in the NFL story, graded highest by Pro Football Focus. Um, talking to Daniel Jones about his relationship with Brian Dable. And then I look over this way and it's like, Oh, Kenny Galladay's talking. Okay, <laughs> you have to do a uh, ba- you have to do a little quick uh, switcheroo there, um, depending on what he said and depending on what he said, he said a lot, and it certainly had to be the main story. Um, he's disgruntled. He's unhappy. He is a little f- confused. He said he said, "Look, Brian Dable and Joe Shane always say to me, you're handling it the right way. You're handling it like a pro.'" If I am, then why aren't I playing? I'm pretty sure they're paying me to play. Uh, it is a little mystifying. Uh, he did not look great this summer at all. And um, Brian Dable is running a meritocracy, right? He is running uh, what, based on what I see, based on how you practice, based on production and things like that. Th- those guys are going to play and the other guys are going to sit. I don't care how much you're making, what your guaranteed salary is and what your pedigree is in a league. Um, but I will say this, moving forward, um, David Sills and Richie James as a steady diet on the receiving core is going to get old. Um, I don't think it's going to be good enough. So they need Galladay and especially Kadarius Tony to be parts of this offense. Um, this is the first hiccup for Brian Dable as far as dealing with a locker room. It'll be interesting to see what he does. This is what we call a distraction, Paul. Yeah. Uh, a 2-0 yes. football mm. team. Um, it's their first one. Um, I like Kenny Galladay. I know a lot of people don't like him. Um, I think there's something there. I think this thing will work itself out at some point. Like you said, Sills and Richie James are not going to carry this football team to the playoffs. Uh, they're nice players. They're complimentary football players. But at the end of the day, Kenny Galladay gets paid a lot of money because he's a good player. He hasn't shown Giants fans that. But um, I would like to see this thing, you know, come to a come to a heat at some point very soon because I think you're going to need him. And 
hopefully it's this weekend. The thing that caught my eye the most or my ears the most from yesterday was when he said there's a lot of football left. Yep. So I don't know if that means he's ready to go and there's 15 games left and he's going to do something. Um, but it kind of, that was the one quote that he mentioned in the, in the little interview yesterday that, that kind of caught my attention. Well, yeah. One quote that I liked is when he said, um, you know, there were some guys in the locker room, some of my teammates are saying, man, what's going on? And I'm sure there are, you know, I mean, I don't think that was talking out of school. Lawrence, you know, a locker room, right. Better than anybody. In a situation- yeah, I don't know that we dealt with anything like this. You know, if you think about, look at the depth chart. It's Sills, Richie James, and uh, who's the third receiver? Uh, let's just go with but, those two. Look who's Sterling on the Shepherd. bench. Kadari- Sterling Shepard. Sorry. Yeah. Kadarius Tony, Kenny Galladay, and Slayton are sitting there that don't play. I mean, that's crazy. And they're still winning in spite of that. So, I'm I'm actually okay with what's happened now, but it's time we've watched this offense and we can get into whether this offense can start to throw the football. I don't think you can. Oh, and, I, and once you become one one dimensional, it's over. One, I, I can't say. Yeah, we're still winning games. I understand that, y'all, and I understand like what he's saying could be a mini distraction right now. But the man makes a point. You know, Paul. Yeah, he didn't look great throughout the summer. Uh, he kind of caught on towards the end of the summer. But he's, other than Sterling Shepard, he's the only one, the only receiver in that locker room that has a true body of work. Like the man got paid to come here for a reason. People can say David Gettleman overpaid him. You can say whatever he want. But when he was with the Lions, when he was healthy, the man was making plays. So I get, what I took from what he was saying was, you know, I, I didn't. He didn't throw anyone under the bus. But right. David Seals, three catches, thirty-seven yards. Sterling Shepard, eight catches, one hundred five yards. Richie James, ten catches, one hundred and ten yards. Just like you said, times. That's not going to win games in the future. Winning masks everything, and the two and zero start has masked what this offense certainly hasn't been able to do and been able to we, produce. We've played time. two bad football teams, right, Paul? I mean, everyone thought Tennessee was good. But at the end of the day, what we've seen through two weeks, that is not a great football team, and they're 0-4. The Giants' opponents are 0-4. Good for us, bad for them. But at the end of the day, we have not played very good football teams. So look, it's it, going it, to get exposed as you go along. Yeah, yeah, 2-0. Look, they need to score more. One thing I'll say about Brian Dable is, and, and Brandon, you know, I'm a little surprised you said this just because you were a receiver in the NFL who I'm sure wanted – your coaches to look at you and say, don't judge me. It's a guy who, you know, undrafted, just judge me by what you see, right? Not by what the the media guy says about me, judge me by what you see. Judging just by what I would have seen this spring and summer, David Sills deserved to play more than Kenny Galladay. Now that's all well and good. You know, Kenny Galladay needs to be on the field just because it's a user relationship. He won't be on this team next year. It's almost definitely that he won't be. So for this year, he is untradeable. He's guaranteed $13 million. So use him, play him, get the most out of him, and then discard him, which is probably what they'll do. But it's I'm my practice squad time here trying to make the team here is different than the David Seals. And times uh, jump in on this for me, please, because that receiver room, 07 and 08, me trying to make that team, Plaxico <laughs> Different team. A Plaxico Burris, Amani Toomer, Steve Smith, David Tyree, uh, Sonoris Moss, 
I was fighting day in, day out to try and make that team. And I didn't make the team because of special teams in that end. David Seals made some plays throughout the spring, made some plays throughout the summer. It was a lot easier receiver core room for him to make the team and really show up and show out to be able to be put himself in the position. But and again, they kept seven of them. They did keep seven of them. And they kept seven. A lot of guys. Yeah. Man, why couldn't we keep seven that year? It's, seven it's crazy. And Brandon, Brandon, if you think back to when, when you were playing with me, I mean, there was five guys total on the practice squad. Yeah. But you were basically like a rostered player in today's game because there's so many practice squad players. Um I hope it works itself out for the sake of the Giants. I just don't want this thing to turn into something bigger than what it is. It, it's a problem. Um, hopefully they can get them on the field, get them some targets, make them happy, uh, throw them the ball in the red zone. If you throw up, you know, I, I just the thing I don't want to happen is is almost like he plays and Daniel Jones starts to force feed him because yeah. that can happen with quarterbacks trying to get people and make them happy. And, and I think that would set Daniel back a little bit if he starts force-feeding the ball. He's played okay through two games. Um, you don't want that to happen, but you certainly need a target in the red zone. I mean, we have a bunch of small receivers in Bellinger. Um, so I would like to see him get involved here, and hopefully he gets involved Monday night uh, against the Cowboys. Yeah, talking red zone, just think. The, the team started on that fringe zone, red zone, twice against Carolina. And got Not what, six points out of it. That could have been a time to really, like my dad <clears throat> used to say growing up, I'm like Missouri, the show me state. So now Kenny Galladay, when he gets that opportunity, you're going to have to show 80-something thousand fans that you deserve to get the ball, you deserve to be playing. But we keep talking about this passing game. And, Paul, you wrote a great, great article talking about the decision, how Brian Dable uh, likes the decision-making of uh, of Daniel Jones and I want to get your thoughts on it because again I do not think this passing I think this passing game is getting a pass right now just because they are two and oh and I I want to know you guys thoughts because this is a Monday night football game <laughs> a prime time game for Daniel Jones who is 0-7 in prime time games this is his opportunity in front of the world to show that right. he could be the guy, whether it's here, whether he gets the franchise tag. If he wants to get paid, he has to show up this game. Well, I think, I mean, that that's, uh, it would be nice if he showed up this game. But it, as we just said, it's a long season. And look, the Giants aren't that kind of a team. They're 2-0, and but they're not that kind of a team that's going to be on this steady, steady incline and build to greatness here. You know, Brian Dayball, he said, and it's interesting, you know, he's just starting to know Daniel Jones. Let's face it. What was the beauty of Dable and Josh Allen? They worked together for many, you know, several years, three years, and then four years. And then, you know, it's all kind of came, you know, to, to a head where he's become a great player. What, what Brian Dable said is, I've gotten on him. And I loved him up. You know, he's learning. You know, we all made a big deal that first game. Oh, he, he went over to Daniel Jones after that interception in the red zone on the pass to Saquon. And he looked, he threw, took off his headset and he was yelling at him. It's like, yeah, okay, that's what happens, right? And so he, he's learning what makes Daniel tick. Do I love him up? Do I go hard on him? Um, Dable said that he's a very good communicator. They can sit there and talk and say, what did you see? Tell me what you see. And then sometimes Brian Dable said, look, I didn't know. I don't agree with that. You're the quarterback, but I don't agree with that read. So, you know, we got to come to a, a meeting of the minds here. Um, Dayball knows, you know, he's been with a lot of quarterbacks. He knows what he has in Daniel Jones so far. He's learning about him. 
so far so good. They've won games. Daniel has done more to win games than to lose them, but that is not <clears> the <throat> mark for a quarterback. You know, the bar for quarterback is can you win games for us? You know, that is not the case with Daniel so far, but we have a lot of games left. Maybe he'll do it Monday night. Eight I agree. Tw- eight for 28 on third down. Eight for yeah, 28. Yeah, he has certainly – yeah, it's not good enough, Brandon, as you know, uh, from the quarterback position. But the, he has struggled in prime time. There's no question he has struggled uh-huh. in prime time. But this whole football team has stunk yes. since he's been here. Yeah. Let's be honest. Yeah. So the, the quarterback – Paul's talked about this. The quarterback record is attached to the quarterback win-loss. Not always fair, but it is what it is. Um, he can win. He can play well. He can play good football. We've seen him play good football. Um, if they can get the running game going, it's going to be a huge challenge on Monday night against the Cowboys. They do they do not give up a ton of pass yards. They have a great defensive line, edge rushers, and secondary. Uh, those guys do not have to cover very long. I mean, they made Joe Burrow look just like a guy. Joe Burrow looked just like a, a regular NFL quarterback who, oh, by the way, was in the Super Bowl last year. So, um, the Giants certainly have their hands full with this Dallas Cowboys defense on Monday. And especially now that Saquon had the game that he had with the Tennessee Titans, like he said, against the Panthers, everywhere. He had that breakout game. He's going to have those stacked boxes, eight men in there. This is going to be set up for I feel like <clears> NFL <throat> defenses are going to be like, you know what, Daniel Jones, you have to beat us. Let me show you that your arms and your legs and that you won't make a turnover in a, in a, in a, in a big situation you're going to have to beat us. So it's set up right there for him. And I know people are, people are like, oh, why are you on Daniel Jones so hard? Why are you on the Giants offense so hard? Because, again, as a receiver, you can be like, oh, we're 2-0. And I don't understand. Everybody's like, oh, you're 2-0. Chill out. Absolutely not. Because if we want to if, – if we talking about if the offense, if, if you want that offense or you want the team to continue to, to win games and to, and to play above what people think that they are – we cannot leave plays on the field. You know, you can't leave those type of plays on the field. We can't go eight for 28 on third down. So it's right there in the taking. This is the game right here where Daniel Jones can take that next step, complete some deep passes, keep the score three or more touchdowns, have the offense score three or more touchdowns, and bam, just like that, Daniel Jones is 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 put him on a Wheaties box here in New York because if you can Hey Brandon, quick note on that stat you threw out just a second ago. Saquon actually had more yards against stacked boxes against Carolina Panthers than he did Mm. non-stacked boxes. So, you know, if he can get to that next level, second level of that defense, he can go. But he certainly he had more yards in the second half against stacked boxes than obviously running against non-stacked boxes. So that's an interesting number. Because they stuck with it, right? And why did they They stick with it? Because they could. They were never more than one score behind. You know, that's what happens. It all steamrolls. You know, Julian Love made a good point the other day. You know, the safety was playing quite well. Safety, linebacker, uh, nickelback, he's doing it all. He said, we're a grimy team. Now, (laughs) I don't know about you guys. Look Look at Lawrence's white shirt. That is the opposite of grimy, right? If I said to any of you guys, boy, you're looking grimy today, you'd reach, you know, reach through the screen and punch me. But they are a grimy team. That's what they are. But to Brandon's point, you can't be grimy for 17 weeks. You know, at some point you got to look, you look beautiful. At some point you got to put up 30. You just have to. And I don't know if it's this week or not, but, you know, living 20 to 17 every week is a tough situation. But you know what? We knew it would be a tough situation. These are the Giants. You know, some people picked them to win four games this year. So if they can keep it grimy and stay close, the Scottish kicker can kick a, kick a few field goals. You know, I mean, 
it, it, it it's working so far. And, and I don't think, Brandon, I, I don't think this game has to be a mandate for that. This game has to be a game. Keep it grimy. And I agree. If, if they lose by a field goal, that doesn't help anybody. You know, it's not like, oh, good, the Giants stayed close. They need to win the game. It's a division game. It will put it this way. If they win this game from 2-0 and to 3-0, and I think it puts them in a whole different stratosphere. Not that they're a great team. More. Uh, not that they're a great team, but they're 1-0 in the division. The Cowboys, whether they have their quarterback or not, which they don't, the Cowboys are the Cowboys. It's Monday night, and they gave their fans, if they win, an incredible gift, an incredible gift on national TV. Now, 3-0, and you have to start separating the men from the boys. At 3-0, and you're getting to be a man. And speaking of separating men from the boys, we got the Cowboys coming in, as everyone knows. But you got to know your enemy. I got a chance to talk to RJ Ochoa of Blogging the Boys. And here's our conversation now. For this week's Know Your Enemy, we have RJ Ochoa, manager and editor of Blogging the Boys. And Giants fans, Cowboys fans, they already know and hate each other already, RJ. So uh, how we do things, we're going to break down Monday night's matchup from you guys' point of view. You ready? Of course. No, thanks for having me. Um, it's exciting to have a Cowboys-Giants game with some juice. It's been a little bit since that was the case. Especially on a Monday night, baby. Primetime football. So let's talk about the Cowboys' defense first. It's the strength of the team. Six sacks against the Bengals. So how do you see this Dallas D matching up against the Giants' offense? Honestly, I think Cowboys fans are, are most excited about the prospect of Daniel Jones. Um, with all due respect, he's a quarterback that's certainly been prone to turnovers. Uh, the Cowboys defense has, has been something that's kind of been their calling card for a little bit over a year now, certainly in, in the Micah Parsons era. And while there were not uh, a ton of takeaways or haven't been a ton of takeaways through the first two weeks of the regular season, the Cowboys have, have found a way. Uh, regression to the mean has always been something that, that we've expected from, from a turnover standpoint. But six sacks, as you mentioned um, last week against Joe Burrow, that, that goes a long way toward mitigating the lack of takeaways. The Cowboys allowed under 300 total yards uh, and, and kind of kept their offense in the game, which is something that everybody sort of figured was the recipe for this season, especially once the Dak Prescott injury happened. So uh, Micah Parsons is kind of the leader, but there are a lot of talented players on Dan Quinn's side of the ball. You mentioned Micah Parsons. We're going to get to him in a bit. Trust me. But let's talk about Daniel Jones and these Giants receivers. I mean, uh, I'm sure you guys have seen the news. Giants receivers are always uh, in the news. How do you think the Cowboys defensive backs match up against Daniel Jones, this passing offense and the Giants receivers? Honestly, very well. Um, and again, I, I say that with all due respect. I think we're all somewhat aware of, of, of the fact that, that next year's maybe when the Giants are a little bit more formidable, but they're certainly very fun and, and very interesting um, here in 2022. Um, I know that there have been some some comments from, from Kenny Galladay um, this week, and, and I, I would not be doing my job properly if I didn't mention that, that Trayvon Diggs has more catches in the end zone at MetLife Stadium than, than Kenny Galladay since signing the contract with the Giants. But um, that's, you know, honestly not really where the strength of this Cowboys defense is. There's a lot of stability and dependability in the secondary. Trayvon Diggs has evolved. Um, you know, he doesn't have the takeaways. I think if somebody's parachuting in, you know, just kind of checking out the Cowboys, they see the lack of interceptions, but had an incredible third down stop last week against Tyler Boyd, had an incredible second down stop the play right before that. He's a much more physical player so far this year. And so I do think that, that you know, defensively, the Cowboys are, are not giving away much. They've played. Obviously, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin in week one. Godwin got hurt in that game, but but fairly, you know, did a fairly good job of locking down Jamar Chase. And, and again, no disrespect intended, but New York doesn't really have anybody of that caliber. And so I really like Dallas in that matchup. 
Man, you don't have to say no disrespect, man. Giants, <laughs> trust me, Giants fans are going to disrespect Cowboys fans. Like, it's just, it, they hate each other. The two franchises hate each other. But let's get back into Michael Parsons. The dude is a dog. He's going up against left tackle Andrew Thomas, who, who's the highest graded tackle according to PFF. And when he switches sides in the pass rush, he's going against rookie right tackle Evan Neal. Who wins this matchup? I don't know of a tackle that I would take over Micah Parsons, right? Like just kind of straight up um, in the NFL, certainly over the course of a game. Micah's going to get hits, and that's something that is, is sort of an inevitability at this point in time. And, and what's more is he's going to open up opportunities for everyone else. Again, had the two sacks, but there were four non-Micah Parsons sacks that came as a result of it. Leighton Vander Esch um, on his second one-year deal, or, or rather in a contract year for the second year in a row with the Cowboys, he had a sack last week against Joe Burrow that was sort of a direct result from Micah, although I don't want to take away a ton of credit from Leighton. But um, Micah is, is going to ensure that the Cowboys defense eats, that the Cowboys defense gets stops. And, and unlike the Bengals, I, I do think that the Giants and, and Daniel Jones are a little bit more prone to turn the ball over. And so I really like Evan Neal. Uh, I think his future is really exciting. And I do think that the future is much brighter for the Giants than it's been in a long time. But, but as far as who those, those players are and who these teams are today, I will definitely take Micah Parsons in those matchups. Yeah, with all due respect, I call Michael Parsons a dog. The kid's a lion, man. He's, he's a lion. And in terms of those six sacks and him opening up uh, the ability for other guys to get some sacks, it was like Oprah. You get a sack. You get a sack. You get a sack. <laughs> but let's flip it. Riverside. Let's talk about Cooper Rush. Started off hot against the Bengals, but he was kind of cooled down in the second half until the game-winning drive. Cooper Rush versus a Wink Martindale coach defense. Did he show you enough? against Cincy for you to have confidence in him Monday night? Well, it's a revenge game for Cooper Rush. Obviously, um, had a cup of coffee with the New York Giants uh, after uh, Jason Garrett joined the team as offensive coordinator. And so, um, you know, speaking of Jason Garrett, the Cowboys went 1-13 and with him in games that weren't started by Dak Prescott or Tony Romo as far as Jason's tenure as head coach. And, and so that, that kind of, I think, led to the expectation that, that we all had a week ago um, Cooper did help author a win against the Minnesota Vikings last season that everybody saw. But but this is a team in the Cowboys that has, has mostly kind of um, done everything they can to avoid letting their backup quarterback be somebody they depend on when they've had to utilize them. And, and Cooper, so um, Cooper was, was kind of allowed to, to be a hero, so to speak, certainly near the end when the Cowboys needed the game-winning field goal. But early on in the game, to your point, uh, Cooper Rush came out in, in, in a scripted drive, so to speak, um, by Kellen Moore and had success. you got to give him all the credit in the world. And, and the Cowboys were aggressive, even with Cooper Rush. That first possession went for a short fourth down. That was obviously a critical moment um, in, in the game in hindsight. And, and even that second drive, I think that we do look at that, or we have over the last few days, and said, wow, Cooper Rush, first two possessions of the game, scored touchdowns for the Cowboys. That second drive featured a 46-yard you know, kind of pitch to Tony Pollard that, that he took off and exploded with. And so um, after that, there was really not a lot of offense. So I certainly believe more in the Cowboys with a backup quarterback than I have over the last 10, 15 years. But they are still very limited. They are still kind of putting this together with a recipe that's helping them rely on their defense, that's hoping that the, the run game can get going. I don't know that I can envision Cooper Rush doing it again. I think you played a little bit over his skis last week. All credit in the world to him. But, I mean, at the end of the day, this is still Cooper Rush. It's not Dak Prescott. There is a much lower ceiling on him as an overall player. Yeah, I'm anxious to see how Wink Martindale pressures him, gets him uncomfortable, and see if he can make some sort of costly turnover during this game. 
RJ, I could talk about this matchup with you all day, man. Unfortunately, we got to run up out of here. But if Giants fans or even Cowboys fans want to dig deeper and to get to know this Cowboys-Giants matchup, you guys can check out RJ on Blogging the Boys, on tw- at Blogging the Boys on Twitter. Thanks for joining us, my man. Thanks for having me. Wish you guys health, wealth, and happiness, but a bunch of sports misery. <laughs> All right, thanks, RJ, for that. Now it's time to talk about the Giants' defense and the matchups that are presented to them on Monday Night Football. Giants' defense has been the highlight of this team so far, guys. Wink Martindale has come in and has exceeded expectations. But let's get right into this pass rush. Paul, you got a chance to, to be in the locker room, see uh, Aziz Ojalar. You got a chance to see Kayvon Thibodeau. Giants fans want to know, are they going to play Monday night? I think Thibodeau plays. I think, you know, the the uh, the beast is unleashed on Monday night. Yeah, he is. You know, he was close last week, but he just wasn't there. You know, he took team reps on Wednesday. You guys know, right? Practice is the key. You know, follow the practice bouncing ball and you see if a guy's going to play. He took and, and Ojolari also took team reps. I'm not as sure about him. These calves can be a little trickier, but I think Kayvon's ready. And, um, you know, Kayvon's an interesting cat. He was he was holding court in the locker room on Wednesday. Um, you know, some of his teammates, I saw Leonard Williams. Um, I saw Dexter Lawrence. They were, you know, their lockers are around there. They were kind of looking. Uh, he had a big crowd around him. He's, you know, fielding questions. He's uh, judging questions. He's. Uh, I asked him something about whether uh, it's more him saying he's 100% or the team saying he's 100% before they let him go. And he goes, whoa, 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 roll it back, roll it back, you know. You know, take the tapes back. That's you know, it's you know, let, let's not ask questions that we know the answer to. I mean, Kayvon likes to be in charge. We heard he has a big personality. Um, I think he does have a big personality. You know what? I'm most interested in seeing him have a big game and then seeing that personality unleashed mm. in the locker room. Um, he is worth watching. You know, it's not all going to go well. And 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 one thing, guys, when they interviewed him. The, the question they asked him that really was pointed, they said they were in his face and they said, all right, you don't have sacks in your first five games. The media is on you. Why aren't you sacking guys? What's wrong with you? You're a bust. You're a disappointment. They wanted to see if he could handle that question. He handled it well enough in the interview. Let's see how he does going forward. I'm just saying he's going to be an inter- interesting guy. And look, they're paying him to play like Kenny Galladay. Finally, he's going to play. Let's see it, right? Let's see it. Everyone's excited to see him. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead, LT, or you you want me to take it? This is going to be a big component of Kayvon Thibodeau in New York. You've seen it, right, Lawrence? You've seen it in the locker room with certain guys, right? You know. Yeah, we, it, we it doesn't always right end well. Yep, we all run. You guys through. are good. You guys are the best in the world. That's why you're in New York. But it does not always end well. And yesterday's press conference, to me, it seemed more like he was in ready to play mode. He's sick of answering questions about being hurt. Cause it, I, I seem like most interviews I've seen him, he's been pretty cordial, but yesterday was a different tone. And I think it's because I think he knows it's go time and he's missed out on these first two weeks. So hopefully that was the case. And he wasn't just turning into something that you guys are going to end up destroying because <laughs> you guys well, could I, very yes, quickly. I, I, I agree with you. I will give him, you know, and I will give you that, that when, <clears throat> remember when Odell came, the first, you know, he hurts his hamstring. So for a month, how's your hamstring? Are you frustrated? You know, so yes, yeah. all Kayvon has heard now is, because um, don't forget, he had a little issue in the spring and they held him out a little bit. Um, now he has, you know, the hamstring and it's 
you're getting ready, you're getting ready. So yes, maybe there is a little bit of that, you know, leave me alone with the hamstring. I'm playing, you know, so right. that's fine. I'm not judging him at all. I'm just saying he's going to be an interesting guy to watch. I hope he's an interesting guy to cover and I hope he gets, you know, a lot of reps. I don't think he'll get 70. I think they'll be on a pitch count. Let him get his reps, and then we can judge by what he does on the field. Yeah, you want him in business mode right now. You don't want yeah. no big personality. New York would fry this man if he was in big personality mode and he hasn't even stepped on the field. But you're going up against Cooper Rush, your first game. You have an opportunity. The man has an opportunity to ball out. 19 for 31, 235 yards against the Bengals. Come on, he's not Dak Prescott. Cowboys offensive line isn't the Cowboys offensive line of what it used to be or what we what teams used to fear. It's set up for him to come in and make and be an impact player right away. I'm thinking, like you say, uh, Paul, if they do have him on a pitch count, I'm thinking you take him out, run downs, you know, second and second and short goal line situations, take him out, put him in on the third and seven plus, you know, on, on third and long to make sure he can get off that edge and get off of Cooper Rush because we can't let Cooper Rush be the guy this game. You were worried about a, a Zeke and a Tony Pollard in that sense, and I'm worried about how this defense is going to match up against Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard. Oh, very well. They're, they're going to do, do great. The, the running game for the Cowboys okay. has not been great to start the, the season. Um, Tony Pollard scares you. He's a chunk play, explosive player. Ezekiel Elliott looks like he's just collecting paychecks. Mm. Um, he does not. He's wow. not running really well. Uh, I, I don't. I don't think he's a great back anymore. I think he just kind of got his money and he's just kind of going through the motions. Um, but what I will say is, you know, Cooper Rush is better than most people are giving him credit for. He was in that locker room a couple years ago with the Giants. Uh, he 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 manages the game pretty well. They potentially get Gallup back. The problem for the Giants is going to be, you know, Leonard Williams uh, not being on the interior of that defensive line. I mean, if he's out, obviously you you get back some edge guys, but missing Leonard Williams is a big deal. I don't think it's been talked about enough, you know, this week, to be honest. But, um, you know, that's going to be a challenge for them. But the Giants should, you know, obviously get after the quarterback. If if both Aziz and and, and Kayvon are back – the only reason they can do that is because of Jihad Ward. I think he's probably, you know, one of the best defensive players on this football team since the season started. So they're just adding depth, which is nice to see because it's something the Giants, quite frankly, they haven't had in years. They haven't had depth like this, you know. So it Cooper Rush will present a – he's better than Baker Mayfield. I'll say that. Ooh, really? Cooper wow. Rush is better than Baker Mayfield. That's that's a bold statement right there. I watch the tape. All I can do is watch the tape. If the <laughs> tape doesn't lie. It, it, he's better than Baker Mayfield. Right now, Gosh, Baker Mayfield. You, you make what? a really good point about Leonard Williams. Yes. And, yes. And, and he's one of those guys that he's not the edge rusher. He's not flashy. So you're right. He's Leonard Williams. He plays every game, what, 112 straight games. He plays 80% of the snaps. He'd play 100 if you let him. And so you're right. We kind of like, yeah, it's Leonard. And, he, and and he's their best defensive player right now. I mean, Xavier McKinney might be making a push for that, sure. But um, right now, he's their best defensive player. Losing him is is monumental as a interior pass rusher, certainly as a run stopper. You know, in the first game <clears> – <throat> Austin Calitro, inside linebacker, played a lot. In the second game, he played very little. So is this a game where he plays more and then do they get exposed a little more, you know, in the pass game as far as with backs coming out of the backfields and tight ends coming out of the backfield? You know, Wink Martindale has been able to mix and match here. 
because the teams they played have been kind of imbalanced. Uh, the Cowboys want to be balanced. Um, I'm not so sure Ezekiel Elliott is finished yet. I'm really not. Um, so we'll see. We'll see. You know, without Leonard Williams, it's a tall order to well, stop. Well, you know, Paul, Paul Gallup may be coming back this week as yes, well. So that yes, presents another yes. problem. I mean, he's their best receiver. Um, yep. So CeeDee Lamb's good too. But I, I think Gallup, it just adds another little bit of a dimension. But and, and Aaron if he Robinson comes back, that's – Yeah, Aaron Robinson's not going to play again. You know, uh-huh. he's still – you know, I don't think. I feel good about our DBs against Cowboys <clears throat> I do too. receivers. You know, Dory Jackson, can we, I mean, I mean, Put him on we, whoever can, you we want. can have a fan club. We can have a fan club for him <clears throat> because he has over-exceeded expectations. People going into this season when we lost James Bradbury, everybody's like, oh, our corner, we're going to be thin at corner. We don't have a CB1. Dory Jackson has locked up everybody. You know, and he's he's done a great job out there on that outside. And when we're talking about what Wink Martindale has been doing to stop a, to stop running backs, whether it's Derrick Henry or Christian McCaffrey, we've seen those two different types of running backs using the safeties, the big nickel packages, having safeties down there guarding, you know, putting Xavier McKinney on a, on Christian McCaffrey. I see him doing the same thing on the Tony Pollard. So he doesn't get busy out of the backfield in terms of the uh, in terms of the passing game. And when we talk about Leonard Williams being out, you know, when a guy goes down, it's always time for the opportunity for somebody. When we talk about guys who are up for paydays or guys who are up to really to be a staple on this Giants team. We talked about Daniel Jones. We talked about Saquon Barkley. Sexy Dexy, Dexter Lawrence now has to step in in Leonard Williams place and really be that force up the middle to beat because we got the outside rushes going. We got that. That's a check. Now, for if Cooper Rush does want to step up, step in the pocket, that's going to be on Dexter Lawrence to kind of fill in and be that, that role, that run stopper or that pressure guy from the middle like a Leonard Williams was. But you, I, you, you can bet, Brandon, sorry, uh, the, the, with the amount of pressure Wink Martindale brings, you're going to get a ton of quick passing game and screens with these backs in Dallas. That's what they're going to have to look out for, a ton of screens and quick passing game because obviously they know their offensive line is new, and that's what happens when you play against pressure, as you know, right? Hot routes, quick stuff, screen game. So um, it's going to be a challenge for the for the Giants. But Dexter Lawrence is obviously – we, we don't talk about him enough either, Paul. He's played great. Um, he, he's had a nice season so far. You know, they they he was named the team captain, um, you know, voted in. Um, don't forget this regime. One of their first big decisions was to pick up the fifth year option on yep. Dexter Lawrence. Yep. So, you know, sometimes that can go two ways. It gets in a guy's head and maybe it makes him get a little complacent. I think it being named the captain and they said, we want you here. You're part of us next year in 2023. Um empowered Dexter Lawrence. I see a, you know, he sits at his locker. I, he welcomes interviews. He's always been a really good guy, really good guy and a good player. But I think, you know, you're in the shadows a little bit, right? You got, you got Leonard Williams, you have some other guys. So I think it, it's helped Dexter Lawrence. And, um, you know, I, yes, I, I can see him being a part of this team, you know, for many years moving forward. One thing we mentioned, um, you know, we were, critical of the giants and their third down conversion rate, right? It's been really bad. What? 28%. The Cowboys are at 24% after two games. So you can get them off the field, get them off the field. You know, they'll make a few plays, get them off the field. And, um, you know, they should not put up a lot of points on the giants. They should not. We'll see if it happens, but they should not. Giants defense five of 23 on third down. So that's really getting off the field and they've allowed no rushing touchdowns 
on the year. So Wink Martindale has come in and really taken this defense. And, and uh, I mean, he took what we thought, you know, Parcells saying, oh, get the groceries and all. He, he took some, like, some basic groceries and made a, a whole souffle, a whole buffet. He's got guys, <laughs> guys playing uh, a lot better than what people thought. All right, it's time for predictions. I'm going to give you guys a number, statement and a number. You let me know over, under, and why. You ready? Okay. You're talking about the quick game and the screens. Zeke and Pollard combined 150 total yards. Lawrence, you go first on all these, okay? Because I like to, I like to hear uh, you. I'll say, I'll say over. I'll say over 150 yards. Combined, you said. Combined. Right? Combined total yards. Yeah. I'll I'll say over. Yeah. yeah. That that's that's you know, it's a good number, but I'll say look, if it's not over, the Cowboys are in trouble. I I'd say over. It was at Big 147 trouble. against the Bengals. 147 okay. total yards for the both of them against the Bengals. Giants defense looking a lot stronger than the Bengals defense. All right, any Dallas receiver, 90 plus yards receiving on the day. Ooh. I'm going to say under no Dallas receiver will have over 90 yards receiving. I'm going to say under also. Um, there's no game breaker Gallup's first game back if he plays, which he probably will. C.D. Lamb, I think they'll spread it around. Um, they'll throw it to other people. So I'll say under also. Can I change my answer? Because I've agreed with Paul now twice. So <laughs> It's a little too late. I'm going nah, you're locked in. No, no, I'm just kidding. What, what, I'm what, just about, kidding. what, what about what – about, we'll do Graham Gano over under seven field goals. Lawrence will say. <laughs> it could happen. Oh, I mean, oh, I with this over. offense. I say over. I say over, yeah. <clears throat> Listen. All right. Uh, it could be. Dallas defense, total sacks, 3.5, over, under. Ooh. It has to be under if the Giants want to win this football game. I'm, so I'm going to go under. Um, Micah Parsons has 17 sacks in 18 games, okay? Ooh. So no one has stopped him yet. Um, I will say over, over. Um, they can still win if – Daniel gets sacked four times as long as they're not critical situations and he does not have any fumbles when he sacks. Um, yeah, true. Yeah. Giants offense, 260 total yards. The Dallas Cowboys have a very, very good defense. I, I don't think people know that on a national level. They're very good up front. The secondary is good. We all know about Diggs. I'm going to say the Giants have a breakout offensive game, and yes, they exceed that number. 260? That is yeah, low. That is not a lot. No, no, no. I, I, if they don't go over to uh, two sixty, they're, they're going to be mm. uh, the uh, the whiteout is going to be a uh, boo out on Monday night. <laughs> right. They were under. They good. were under two sixty against the Panthers. That's why I said it there. So yeah, I yeah I know, but um, <laughs> they're supposed to be getting better. They're supposed to be getting better. Um, hey, it's the Kenny Galladay breakout show, man. Right? They didn't pay. They're paying him to play. He's going to play. He is going to play. He is in the rotation. I think we see a heavy dose of KG on on Monday night. That's just my hunch. Love to see him in the red zone. Last but not least, I mentioned that Daniel Jones is 0-7 in primetime games. He's only thrown for average 223.4 yards in those games. Daniel Jones, Monday night, primetime, over under 223.4 yards. Ooh, the point four threw me off. Um, <laughs> you were never good at fractions, I know. Yeah, it's never good. Uh, I will go with over 
I think, again, this is a game where the offense breaks out. It's a divisional game on Monday night. And and, and the nation gets to see giant, uh, Daniel Jones is better than what a lot of people probably think he is. So I, I'm going to go over. Um, I'll go under. Uh, don't forget, they have someone named Saquon Barkley. Now, they can throw him a six-yard pass. He can run for 40, right? Uh, you know, we know that, certainly. Yeah. But um, I'm going to go under. I think it's got to be more Saquon. I'd like to see uh, uh, Matt Breida maybe. You know, I like to see, you know, I think he can do some damage maybe on some wheel yeah, routes and things like that. I'd like to see get him going a little bit. I'll say under. That doesn't mean Daniel will not have a good game. But, look, he hasn't approached. He hasn't cut, hit 200 yet. So um, it's a pretty good defense. I'll say under. All right, before I wrap this episode up, final thoughts real quick. Go. Put you on the spot, guys, because y'all, y'all are good at it. Y'all are pros. You want me to predict the game? Is that just what you're final, asking? Just final thoughts. Just, just Final whatever. thoughts are if the Giants want to be taken as a real football team in the NFL, they have to go out on Monday night and win this game in front of a national audience. It's been way too long since Giants, Giants football teams have, have been relevant. They are relevant. They're in the biggest market in football. The Giants need to win this game. They should win this game. The Giants will win 27-24. Um, and Daniel Jones plays probably one of his best games of his career. A Gano from what, 67 to win it, Lawrence? It, <laughs> yeah, he's from Gano from the parking lot. From the parking lot. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, my thought, my, my final thought, really my first thought on this game is that be careful of expectations. Lawrence just said the Giants should win this game, okay? Two weeks ago, there was no should involved anything with the Giants as far as winning games, right? So the expectations for this team was they were going to lose. Now the expectations are they going to win. Is that too much too soon? Um, it will be very interesting. There are thresholds every season with a new head coach. First this, first that, first this. He hasn't had his first loss yet. Had his first little locker room dust up with um, what Kenny Galladay said. We'll see how that plays out. So be careful. Be careful with this game. I think it is a tough game. I do not think I'm going to pick the Giants to win the game. I think they can win the game. The Monday night football bug is real with this team until proven otherwise. So expectations are a dirty word. They can go one of two ways. And now with the expectations that the Giants are going to win. We'll see if they can handle that. You know, that's another thing we have to see about this team. Can they handle a little bit of prosperity, which is what they have right now? Now, usually people would say that's a buzzkill, Paul, but you make a lot of sense there. Man. <laughs> you, 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 you make a lot of sense right there, man. No one has ever not accused me of being buzzkill, so that's, that's fine. Thanks for watching and listening to this episode of Blue Rush. Subscribe to Blue Rush on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to the New York Post and SNY's YouTube pages to see all videos from Blue Rush. New episodes of the show drop on the mornings following Giants games and Thursdays previewing the game ahead. And we're going to talk to you guys first thing Tuesday morning following the Giants game on Monday. And once again, thank you for your support of Blue Rush. Does he look like a damn semi-truck running down the field?